Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. We wrap up our position-by-position breakdown with a two-parter, tight end and special teams, positions that are very much in need, especially when it comes to kicking game. Never sleep on special teams. But first, welcome back to a player who I guess maybe never left. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 403, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Just a few more days, MJ. The new league year, i.e. the start of free agency, just a few days away. And that would be next Wednesday, March 17th. Of course, we got the legal tampering period beginning on Monday. But uh, yes, this is the final week, I guess you could say, of the NFL calendar that reads 2020. A calm before the storm. Craig, I got, let's be honest. We've spent time at the Combine over the last couple of years. Unfortunately, we're not there this year, and I definitely miss it. Um, but it is what it is, and we, we you adapt uh, just like teams do when it comes to adjustments. But I got to think tampering's been going on for a little while. It really starts during those days in Indianapolis, even though, you know, technically it's not supposed to. But, you know, you run into somebody and – all of a sudden, a casual conversation turns into a little bit more. But you're right, because it's always amazing on how when that red light goes off, if you will, that, hey, you know, everything is OK now. You're allowed to. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. We get all these national reports about one signing after another. But, you know, we'll see. We do know this. There are three trades or three quarterbacks on the move that we'll know for official on Wednesday, and that would be Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz. So that we know of that could not become official official until the new league year. We could have more. That's true. DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson. I mean, there could be more, and maybe some teams have sat on it. Now, in fairness, I mean, if you're a GM and you have player X, let's just say Hassan Reddick, and you call and conversation would take place, you can't make any offers. But you can, you can let people know when free agency opens up, we'll have inter- interest in your client. And, again, that's when it takes place. But I, I got to think there's feelers out there and, you know, players and agents talk. So, But, I, I mean, again, nothing could be announced. But they've gotten so creative, we could see this player X has taken his uh, talents to South Beach. So it's going to be interesting, but nothing can come official until Wednesday. And we know it's a fluid situation. One team says they got this guy and then he may get a call and get a a different offer. But it's going to be fast paced. And I think I think some guys are going to get paid. I think we're all anticipating these one year deals. I think it's going to be feast or famine. Either you're going to get paid or you're going to have to cave in and take a one year deal. And those guys that cave you might not see that happen until later because you know maybe they maybe they get a little anxious later on when that money that they thought that would be there for them is not there initially so uh, by the way speaking of player movement this is a little bit interesting maybe a little fascinating as well but since our last show Robert Alford 
the Cardinals cornerback was released per the NFL transaction page. And now, MJ, there are reports out there that he has re-signed a one-year contract on the roster once again. Although this happened so fast and there was no official word from the team itself that Alford had been released, Darren Urban had a story up on azcardinals.com. So, and I think this is a move that I think a lot of people anticipated. One, the fact that going into his third year of a three-year contract when you did not play at all the first two seasons, that offered stood to be a cap casualty. On the flip side, though, and you've brought it up as well, he's one name that I think the Cardinals would love to have had back, but maybe not at the salary that he was due to make in 2021. And it would appear that that is the case, that Alfred and the Cardinals have reached agreements on a lower cap number, if you will, to play or at least be a part of the plan in 2021. And on the business side, I mean, he's made $15 million. Unfortunately, he's just been snake bitten. Uh, I'm going to get, in, get into when I watched him uh, in training camp over the last couple of years. But, yeah, they did say $7.5 million. There'll be $1.5 million in dead money. And, I, Craig, I got to think at this point, you know, I mean, I, I feel for Robert Alford. He, he did everything in his power. He, I mean, he was physical in camp. He was chippy in camp. And I thought that was probably the best corner they got. Nothing against Antonio Cromartie. He had four picks. Gerard Powers. They've had some guys come in here. But I thought – Age-wise, and, you know, he had played in Atlanta, and he decided to sign a contract before free agency. I just really like the signing. But, you know, you bring him back in a lower figure, I got to think it's probably the minimum, considering how much money he's made already. And then you just load up with incentives, meaning if you're active on game day, you're going to get make X dollars. If you get three picks, we're going to, you know, so it's going to be an incentive-laden contract. And, and I think he wants to prove that he can come back and be a healthy player. But I can just tell you the physicality, when, when I watched him in training camp and, you know, Patrick obviously was going against, you know, different receivers. And then he would take some challenges with, I think it was Crabtree or maybe, a, maybe it was Crabtree or Kevin White. I could be mistaken, but he held his own. And I thought, man, this is going to be a good pickup because he may not be known as a number one wide receiver, but from, from a physical standpoint, technician standpoint, he is clearly a two. And uh, I, I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder that, Hey, this is I can't go down my third year, and it's dumb luck. Um, you don't know when injuries occur, but I, I like this. I know people are freaking out. They don't have a ton of corners on the roster, but he knows Vance Joseph, and they know him. A broken leg followed by a torn peck is why we have not seen Alford on the field these past two seasons, and both of those injuries happened during training camp. And an argument can be made, MJ, that during those training camp sessions in 2019 and 2020, Alford was playing the best, and that's no slide on Patrick Peterson, but we had finally had that answer. The cornerback opposite number 21, it was going to be Robert Alford. It just hasn't materialized. So to bring him back, now all of a sudden he's not penciled in or written in ink, if you will, as number one or number two. He becomes an option, if you will, and if healthy, which we say about every player, then of course, you can use him, and I'm like you. I would love to be able to see him in a Cardinals uniform on a Sunday because, one, he's put in a lot of work. He's a great guy in that locker room, someone that easy to talk to and whom the Bird Gang has repeatedly asked about 
seemingly each week wondering, hey, you know, is it season ending? Could we see him come back later in the year? It just, it, it would be nice. And I know things happen. You called it dumb luck. It's been real hard these past two years. And give all for credit. Uh, you know, we get a chance to go out there for the open portion of practice. He was around the team this year. I mean, he was rehabbing and he was around the team. So, you know, he, it's not like he decided, I don't, you know, I got, when you're rehabbing, you do have to show up at the facility. It's part of your contract. That's the way you're going to get better. But there are times when, you know, guys rehab and then they decide to go home. Um, You know, and sometimes depending on the injury, you, really shouldn't be on the field because maybe you shouldn't be on your legs, but different injuries. So, but he was around the team. And so I think that's important. And, and again, you know, he's got to stay healthy, obviously, but now you got Byron Murphy and you got Robert Alford and we think they're going to address it possibly in free agency and the draft. And then the wild card is going to be Patrick Peterson. So I know Car- I get it. You look at the roster and you go, wow, they don't have any corners. Don't worry. They don't play this Sunday they'll bring 12 to 14 to camp and, you know, but I think right now they got to build that side of the ball at the cornerback position. But right now you got two and I can say both of those guys healthy, two starters right now. You got two starters. Now you need more, you need four, but at least I can say right now, they got a couple starters without Patrick Peterson. Yeah. And then you address it, as you said, in free agency and the draft. Don't forget, you do have two players on futures contracts, Jace Whitaker and Picasso Nelson. Now, Whitaker was in four games last season. I know he flashed several times in training camp a year ago, but those names, Whitaker and Nelson, not a ton of experience, basically no experience, if you will, as far as being consistently at the NFL level as a cornerback. So, yeah, might be the most important position that has to be addressed as we sit here on Friday, March 12th. And that should be in both free agency and the draft. And you're going to see some names, uh, you know, when it comes to free agency at corner, you know, recently Malcolm Butler got released. Um, You know, I think Patrick Peterson's probably more athletic than Malcolm Butler, but Malcolm Butler is really competitive. So you look at him and you watch the film and, you know, what's his asking price. So, You know, again, I do think they want to retain Patrick Peterson, but I think he's going to be allowed to test the waters and only takes one team. And you look at the Chargers, is that a good fit for him there because of what they got going on there in their secondary? And he mentioned on his podcast he's going to go to a team that has a quarterback if that's the case. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and then in the draft, as we get closer, there are nine guys probably in the top 12, Craig, that are six feet and taller. And then you look at Samuel – um, he's maybe 5'10". Um, Sertain, you know, he's his. He seems like Dallas may take him at number 10. We'll see. But um, there's a lot of good quality corners, and you can maybe get one in the, in the mid-first round or early second round. And we're talking guys that possibly um, could be an outsider or a slot guy. And I think they want to leave Murphy inside, but I don't know that for sure. If they have to, they'll put him on the outside. But there's some young corners, very athletic and I got to include last year Jeff Okoda and uh, Henderson from the Falcons. They struggled. So, uh, again, it's a position where it's baptism by fire, i.e. Byron Murphy, his first year. If you follow a lot of the mock drafts out there, the one name that has consistently now over the past couple of weeks been attached to the Cardinals at number 16, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, six foot one, 205 pounds. So we'll see. Certainly is a need, and 
We'll have to wait and see who might be available at number 16. One other player movement that we want to touch on. Don't want to go too far in depth because it's not official, just a report out there. But of the 28 unrestricted free agents, we heard general manager Steve Kimes said that they would love to retain or get a couple of those players signed ahead of the new league year. And according to reports, inside linebacker Tanner Vallejo has re-signed a two-year contract. But Probably more on special teams, but if Jordan Hicks or Isaiah Simmons need a blow or perhaps knock on wood, you know, nothing happens to them physically. But if you need someone else, Vallejo certainly has proven to be that in case of an emergency guy as far as an inside linebacker is concerned. Yeah, as you pointed out, played all 16 games, mainly on special teams. Now, I do remember him and Isaiah Simmons on the field together when they stopped Russell Wilson. And you know, Vallejo made a couple nice tackles. And then obviously Russell Wilson, he, his receivers didn't run the hot route. And that's where Isaiah Simmons stepped up and made the play. But he's a really good special teams player. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he's that uh, punt protector. Um, we know that, you know, playing there, whether it's him or Zeke Turner, who's a free agent. But they're really, they're really good on special teams. But at the same time, though, they can provide depth, not for a long not, not for an entire season, but in a pinch, in including certain packages that fans will have for those guys. Berg gang, if you want to make sure you get all of your favorite Cardinals podcasts, make sure you subscribe. Be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. That way you never miss any of your shows, Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Raids, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Need more information? Just go to azcardinals.com slash podcast. By the way, the Big Red Rage this week, Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley interviewed Steve Weish of the NFL Network. Great interview. Again, it's on azcardinals.com, but we suggest and recommend you subscribe so you can listen to those shows and every show on the go. But a couple of interesting points before we get into our position-by-position breakdown here on today's show, and that will be tight end and special teams, but when it comes to the wide receiver position, the guys asked him for a couple of names, and the one name that he mentioned, and I think it does fit, is Marvin Jones, the former Detroit Lion wide receiver. He's got the size, 6'2", 199, and as I was looking him up, by the way, happy birthday to Marvin Jones. He turns 31 today here on March 12th, but that certainly would fill a need. He's been very consistent, very productive, yeah, he's had a couple of injuries, but other than that, he's someone that the Lions and before then the Bengals have been able to count on. Yeah, he's entering his 10th season, and you mentioned he's, he'll be 31 today. He was drafted in the fifth round yet last year, 76 receptions, 978, nine uh, receiving touchdowns. Um, you look at it, um, Jones is the only player with nine-plus receiving touchdowns in the last two seasons. I mean – he ranks, I think it's fifth uh, behind Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Adam Thiel, and A.J. Brown. He's got 18. And so, yeah, I, I like the age. And to me, when we start looking at the Cardinals don't need a number one wide receiver. So, you know, it's nice to look Chris Godwin and Kenny Galladay and Al, Allen Robinson. First of all, you're already paying Hop a lot of money. So th- to me, this is more realistic. Get a number two receiver that has experience. They have enough youth on that roster. And Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella and JoJo Ward and uh, Richardson and Keyshawn Johnson, they, they got to get a veteran guy. 
And I think this is this, you know, and I, we're going to mention a couple others, but I, I think Marvin Jones, exactly what the team is looking for, a number two that can be a, a guy that can, you know, stretch the field. That's what they need. Uh, they don't need another slot receiver. So I, I'm all on board with that uh, when it comes to Marvin Jones Jr. Another name that Weiss brought up, Emmanuel Sanders, who is now on the market, and that is someone the Cardinals are very familiar with. He was with the 49ers for a little while, but uh, another guy that certainly, and you're looking, as you said, someone reliable, someone who's going to catch the ball first and foremost, and then second of all, be available on Sundays. And the Cardinals do have plenty of names on the roster in that wide receiver room, but there's a lot of question marks with all of those wide receivers. And while we're on the subject of playmakers, let's dive into the tight end position because I do think that this is an area that seemingly we talk about every offseason saying this is the year that the Cardinals make the tight end relevant. It's part of the offense. But we've seen now, MJ, that through these first two seasons with Kingsbury, maybe not so much early on in this season, especially in September, but as the season progresses, we are seeing more tight ends on the field and a lot more 12 personnel as well to where you have a second tight end on the field. So I do think this tight end, and there is a need because right now you just have two on the roster, Max Williams, the veteran, and then Ian Bunting, who signed a futures contract. And he is not someone that has any experience. He was not on an NFL roster last season. We know Max Williams, when healthy, is an outstanding blocker. But if you want to add a pass catcher to that mix, Cardinals have three unrestricted free agents that play tight end. Dan Arnold, Darrell Daniels, and Seth DeValve. Certainly you retain one or two of those guys and then maybe go on the market and look for one. I do think tight end might be an interest of the Cardinals, especially here in free agency. Max Williams scheduled to make $3 million. He's He's really your meat and potatoes guy. And I think with Kugler getting the promotion, even though Kingsbury's still going to be the play caller, I think we're going to see more 12 personnel, especially, you know, when you get in that short yardage situation where you don't have to re- rely on Kyler Murray being the shotgun, you can just line up and run the ball. And we, we think that they're going to add a, a bigger back to complement Chase Edmonds. You know, the thing about Dan Arnold is, you know, there's there's a trust factor. And we've talked about the story when he stepped on the, on the field. He really stood on the scout team and the fact that Kyler Murray, you know, he trusted him in that final five or six games in his first season. And then last year, you know, he takes a lot of big hits just because he's, he's exposing his body a little bit. But I like him in that seam route. Um, got to be more consistent. He's got to get stronger. Now, he is a free agent and, you know, he came from New Orleans and I was reading something in New Orleans that Sean Payton could bring him in. Now they're up against the cap too. Um, he wouldn't be the starter, but they did like what he did. The writer wrote. Um, so I wonder, but here he's got the chemistry with the, the quarterback. Um, I think Jameis Winston or Tyson Hill will be the quarterback there. I just wonder Saint again, the saints don't have a ton of money. I'm sure the Cardinals would like to give him an extension. Now they couldn't go in free agency like Hunter Henry I think what you guy you brought up, Jared Everett, to me, I know he's had some drops. I think that's more realistic. I don't know if they can really afford um, to spend money at the tight end position um, because I think if you can retain Dan Arnold, uh, I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey and those guys, but he's he's got some upside. You you could see that he hasn't even reached his peak yet. I, I think he could be a guy you can build around. I don't know if he'll ever be great, but I think he could be a consistent, aver- above-average player. So, 
Um, again, we don't focus on it as much, but I, I do think it's more about blocking, but you got to get the matchups. And we know that running backs and tight ends are now being covered by linebackers and safeties, and they feel like it's a mismatch in the secondary. Well, if you look at some of these analytical websites that do deep dives on the season that just passed and you look at how much of these offenses or the personnel groupings that are on the field, according to a lot of these sites, the Cardinals ran 12 personnel, meeting two tight ends 30% of the time, which was the third most. Only the Eagles and Titans ran that personnel on the field more times so it is something that I think maybe an influence of a Sean Kugler where one tight end is there to block as a sixth offensive lineman, if you will, and then the other tight end is running a route. And we saw a lot of Dan Arnold when he is in there. He almost looks like a wide receiver. He's 6'6", 220. He doesn't have that tight end body. He knows he needs to get better, more physical as a blocker. But if you have someone that we talked about it, you brought it up, the chemistry between quarterback and tight end, if that can be to where you become that third option, if you will, or fourth behind a Chase Edmonds or who your running back is, I do like Kyler Murray and Dan Arnold. It was almost instantaneous as far as what they were able to do and Murray liking to throw to Arnold. I don't want to see that lost. And I've been kind of on the bandwagon, if you will, for the Cardinals to retain Dan Arnold. Free plug for debate this a brand new video project up on azcardinals.com and the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube page. Myself and Darren Urban, the first episode, we went through who would we like to see most retained on the offensive end. Darren went with Kelvin Beecham, and I went, which I thought was kind of more of an out-of-box thinking, Dan Arnold, because as we talk playmakers, this team needs playmakers. And if Arnold, if you like what you've seen, then hopefully there's room for growth and improvement in a third year but a second full season with the Cardinals. And I mean, I, I think he'd be eligible for a, you know, a couple year contract, but maybe he wants to bet on himself and take a one year deal and let, let the salary cap go up. I mean, you could put voidable years in there. Hey, Craig, getting back to debate this, I actually thought you won. I, I, I wish there was a buzzer where I could have responded. I mean, I thought Darren did a nice job and I thought, Jacob did a nice job playing referee Mills Lane. Let's get it on. Um, but I, I, I thought you did a nice job. You represented Cards Cover too, and uh, I, I thought you were the winner. So yeah, I, I, definitely... I, I did too. And we need uh, the Bird Gang to uh, back us yeah. up on that and uh, and let us know with your comments uh, under the uh, video. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't I, I don't know how Darren won. Maybe it's the seniority aspects. You know, he's been yeah. with the team longer. He's got more followers on Twitter. I don't know, but you yeah. Know, I, yeah, I th I felt my arguments were, were were better than his. Well, you were right out. You were right on point. And he and his funny thing is, and Darren. I mean, Darren obviously looks at it a little bit different than we do because you know, realistic, not fantasy football. But he was agreeing with some of your stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? A lot of anyways. Fun. Uh, that, that check it out. Check it out. Maybe maybe they'll let you and I on there. But we do this every week, so it's all good. I do like Dan Arnold, and I'm going to continue yeah. to say it until, you know, obviously told that he's not going to be on the team where someone says, hey, you're, you're, you're completely you know, out of the loop on this. I just, with that tight end position, remember when Kingsbury was first hired, 
And the, the, one of the first moves that was made was to bring in a tight end. And we think Kingsbury and it's all, you know, spread the field four wide, five wide. But, you know, is that a position to where this team uses more? And I think we've seen from 2019 to 2020 that we're only increasing the amount of tight ends on the field as far as how many times we see a Max Williams or a Dan Arnold. I do think we might have seen more of that if Williams was able to stay healthy. He missed seven games because of an ankle injury, and there was a period of time where he was on IR. So, again, it's that if healthy. That's going to be the phrase of this offseason. Last year was on paper. This year is going to be if healthy. I do think that would be a nice one, too, if you have Williams and Dan Arnold. And that I believe, you know, again, Max Williams is he's a guy that's going to, you know, get physical. So there's going to be some injuries. Um, but, you know, he showed he can catch the ball. It's not he's not a, just a blocker. But I agree with you. Um, you're not tipping your hand when you go 11 personnel. What's interesting, Craig, and I, that was an unbelievable stat about how much they're going 12 personnel. Uh, I think the Cardinals are running 11 personnel, about 49 percent. And then they're running um, their third or second and their third in the league on 10 personnel. They're not really going five wide unless they're, they're trailing or, you know, you're trying to get a maybe a field position. But it, it's almost 50 percent. 11 personnel and then 30 percent 12 personnel and then i would say the rest it's not as much as 30 percent is is um, 10 personnel so that's who they are and they've involved where we go back to the first month of the season and and you know two years ago they were running 10 personnel a ton so they definitely and we talked about it, you got to protect the edges there you got to get off press coverage you got to get separation but i do think hopkins you know, obviously his ability to to make those uncanny catches in traffic. If you look at a lot of his catches, they were in traffic. And so that's got to that's got to get better by getting more players around him. But I do agree that tight end can be a weapon in this offense. Mentioned it briefly as far as Darrell Daniels, and I don't want to sleep on him because that's someone that I think is more in the mold of a Max Williams, the similar size, 6'3", 256, and a better blocker than a Dan Arnold, but not a great pass catcher. That's where Arnold has the edge. So between those two, you combine them together, you might have a Travis Kelsey, if you will, as far as the best of both worlds. But I do also think Darrell Daniels is someone that if you're Jeff Rogers, the special teams coordinator, you want back because Daniels was pivotal on special teams, much like a Tanner Vallejo, guys that we don't talk a lot about but they are certainly important to winning games on Sundays. And we don't talk about guys that line up for extra points and, and field goals. And usually it's, an, it's a tight end on the outside, and it's probably a, a, a couple offensive linemen. They do play on special teams. You just don't really see it because, you know, after the kick, they go to a break. But Daniels, I, I think he's a really good blocker. And he kind of surprised me and give Kyler that, that catch he had in the end zone. He, he, he took that ball away. And he's had some drops. He's had some penalties. And, you know, him and Kyler had a conversation on the, on the sidelines and it looks like he knew he was wrong. He was just upset. But I, I like his size. I mean, again, Dan um, Max Williams making $3 million. Darrell Daniels isn't going to make it. But if Williams can stay healthy, I just think he's a savvy veteran. He knows how to practice. And uh, I think he can help that young group. Now, you know, if the Cardinals get to the draft and Kylie Pitts is there and, you know, Philadelphia, do you take him that high when you need a receiver? We'll have plenty of time to get into. I just, 
that's a luxury uh, uh, pick there. They got to they got to go whether they get a wide receiver in free agency, which we think they will, or a corner in free agency, which we think they will. Um, tight end to me is not a priority, but I know how many teams value they. You got to have two tight ends in this league now that you can count on. I've seen Pitts's name in the top ten. I mean, it's, he is certainly has the measurables, if you will, and has backed it up with what he was able to do at Florida, unanimous All-American, the John Mackey Award winner. So if there is a tight end in the first round that is first round worthy, it is Kyle Pitts. I'd be surprised if he lasts to number 16. But there are some decent tight ends that may be on day two or day three, a Hunter Long out of Boston College, Brevin Jordan from Miami. Guys that, you know, there is certainly a drop-off from Pitts to them but certainly guys that maybe you could have as far as that pass catcher is concerned within this offense. And some of the draft prospects you listed, besides, uh, you know, Pitts, 6'6", 240. You look at Long, 6'5", 253, first team All-ACC. All uh, Brevin Jordan from Miami, uh, 6'3", 245. So those kind of a little bit more H-backs, the 6'3", guys where they can block. Um, you know, I know the Cardinals don't employ a fullback, but we've seen Max Williams in the backfield sometimes. And then obviously you're trying to utilize matchups. And then you got uh, Trey M- McKitty from Georgia, 6'5", 244. So depending on usually 6'4", 6'5", and 6'6", or more pass catches. But the other guys like Max Williams can do a little bit of both being 6'4", 252 pounds. It is a Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we continue our position-by-position breakdown ahead of free agency. And by the way, mark it down, bookmark it, I should say, azcardinals.com slash free agency. That is the free agency tracker already. The Cardinals have agreed to terms with J.J. Watt, so that is up there. We'll see how many other moves are made before we talk about the draft, which we'll really get into as that happens at the end of April. So our last position group, MJ, and this is where, you know, we don't talk a lot about special teams unless something goes wrong. And credit again to Jeff Rogers, what he has done through his two seasons with Kingsbury and going back to when he was with Steve Wilkes' staff. Special teams has not been a concern outside of maybe a handful of times. And a year ago, the one big blemish was at New England. Other than that, I thought special teams played very, very well. But going into this offseason, there might be a ton of changes because when you talk special teams, it's punter, kicker, holder, long snapper. Well, they're fine at the long snapper. That's Aaron Brewer. But this team needs a punter, Andy Lee, 38 years old. He'll be 39 next season. He's unrestricted free agent. And then you need a kicker, Zane Gonzalez, unrestricted. Mike Nugent, who came in and replaced Gonzalez when Gonzalez went on IR because of a back injury. Nugent is scheduled to become a free agent as well. So two big pieces need to be filled, maybe not right away, but let's not sleep on the kicker and the punter, much like the backup quarterback. Those three positions, they're not going to get a lot of press, not a lot of attention, but could be very very important. It wouldn't surprise me if they brought Zane Gonzalez back on a lower number. Um, I don't think they were willing to pay him. I think he was a guy that could have gotten a contract extension. They tendered him last year at $3.9 million based on production. Uh, they were not going to pay him that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Nugent's going to be 39. Um, 
you know, I think you got to look at some kickers bringing some competition, but it wouldn't surprise me if they get Zane back. And Zane's the only one that can answer what happened last year. I mean, and I'm sure they've had tons of conversations and, you know, maybe he'll get his phone ringing. He'll go somewhere else, maybe change the scenery, but I don't believe a change of scenery. I think he, he's just got to make the kicks and they're pressure kicks, but that's what you get paid for. It was the 40 to 49 range that we focus on. He was eight of 13 with, those misses, three in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime over a five-game stretch. We're talking about the overtime win against the Seahawks. Remember, he missed a 41-yard attempt that would have won the game in regulation, only to win it on a 48-yarder to win the game. And then he came up short against the Dolphins on a 49-yard attempt and then missed right on a 45-yard attempt at the Patriots that would have tied the game. Those, as you say, pressure kicks, you have to come through. Not that I could do it any better, but you need to have someone that is able to make those kicks when it matters. Not first quarter, second quarter, but late in games. And that, I think, is what really bothered a lot of fans, including us here on Cardinals Cover 2. You have to be able to make those kicks in pressure situations. And three misses, those misses really hurt the Cardinals too specifically because you lost to the Dolphins and you lost to the Patriots. Yeah. At least there's a good news. Aaron Brewer's under contract. Yes. <laughs> and we don't talk about him and what a great guy. I mean, unfortunately we don't get a chance to go in the locker room, but he's just, he's just, he's just, you know, down to earth guy and he's, he's honed his craft. But anyways, I do think, and, and you could say this every single year, the Cardinals got to get better on their coverage units and I think the return game, uh, I thought they were close a couple of years ago. And if Chase is going to be your bell cow, um, you know, another way to get Eno Benjamin possibly on the field. Now, you mentioned Emmanuel Sanders. I didn't realize this guy's going to turn 34 years old, March 17th. Sneaky. Okay. Yeah. But he he's returned um, kicks or punts. But usually you want it from a guy that's going to dress on game day that may not be a starter. Uh, punt returner, you'd hope Isabella, Christian Kirk, but they got to get more out of that unit. They got to get more of the return. And I know teams are kicking in the end zone, taking it to the 25. I know teams are kicking a little bit higher, forcing you to come out so they can stop you at the 18 or 20 yard line. But it'd be nice to see them break one. And and there were games when they gave them great field position. Like the, I remember a nice little return um, from Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk. It changed field position. So Again, you could say this every year. They want to get better covering kicks and also punts and, you know, limits some of those returns and, and and then obviously get more from your return game. And, again, I can say that every single year. We just haven't seen a guy break one yet. Well, if you look at the rankings as far as the return game is concerned, punt return, Cardinals ranked 29th. Kickoff return, they were tied for 16th. And I think punt return has become more difficult, but when you're only getting 5.4 yards, I mean, that's that's not a lot. You certainly would like to give your offense a little bit better field position. But on the coverage units, remember what is uh, Rick Gosling, the longtime NFL writer, had the Cardinals ranked very high as far yeah. as special teams. They were number 10 in 2020 because according to Gosling's rankings, the Cardinals had the fifth best kickoff coverage, the fifth and fewest penalties, and tied for first with three takeaways. So they are doing some things right. But to your point, it's, it's the return game 
specifically, I think punt return, you're not looking yeah. for, you know, 20 yards every single time, but how about seven plus 10 plus every now and then, and then the kickoffs, I think you're just kind of, you're limited to what the, your opponent is doing to you. If they're right. just kicking it deep, pinning you at the 25, a lot of coffin corner kicks to where they try to pin you inside the 25 yard line. But yeah, if you can find someone, but that's also at the expense of maybe a defender or a skilled position player that sometimes you don't want to lose on that side of the ball. That's when Patrick Peterson comes into effect. Now, you don't want someone that valuable back there all the time. Rick Goslin, if you're not familiar, is a pro football Hall of Fame voter. Yeah, a long time worked for the Dallas Morning News. They call him Goose. He's he's retired, but he also works for um, the Hall of Fame Network with Clark Judge. And he's really, I mean, Bill Belichick speaks very highly of God. Uh, Rick Goslin, when it comes to special teams, I mean, he's got a formula. And every year after the season ends, everyone's wondering where they ranked. And I'm glad you brought up those numbers because, you know, um, we watched the games and didn't know that they were that good on the coverage. But I know the return. And Christian Kirk a few times, fair catch, and then running the other way. It's just little things. And, you know, obviously he had a tough year just with COVID, you know, not being consistent. But he did have six touchdowns with second targets on the team. But – it's just little things, you know, uh, and you know how I feel about that. Two things, possess the ball, number one, and know the 10-yard rule. And if, you're, you're, if you're, your cleats are, or your heels are on the 10-yard and that ball you think is going to go to four or five-yard line, you have to hit that guy, the first guy down, and hope it bounces in the end zone. Or possess the ball and just do a fair catch. I just don't like fair catches in the 10-yard line, though. And I think we all hoped that, Andy Isabella would have been that guy. And then all of a sudden he wasn't and Chase Edmonds was back there. And that's never good when there's a move made, whether it's midweek or mid game, because that's obviously telling you something that that player is not doing what they're supposed to do. This is year three for Andy Isabella. If it's not him on special teams, then all of a sudden you're fighting for playing time on offense and maybe even fighting for time to be active on game day to where we did see Andy Isabella inactive a couple of times this season. So if that can be his role, whether it's punt or kickoff, then all of a sudden, you know, Christian Kirk doesn't have to worry about it or someone else, unless again, they find someone here in free agency or they draft someone you've brought up, you know, Benjamin you know, can he be that return guy and be active on Sundays when he wasn't, all of last season. I mean, if you look at it, and we think the Cardinals will go out and get a number two receiver. I mean, it remains to be seen who that guy is. I think we're, we're talking about the same names and not the top names, you know, guys that have experience. They got So if Christian Kirk's your – let's say they, they get a number two, and then Christian Kirk's three, all of a sudden Isabella's four now. I mean, and then you got Keyshawn Johnson. And listen, JoJo Ward – don't, don't fall asleep. I'm not saying he's going to make the roster, but he's got speed. He can get behind that defense. I know that's an option. Where, But you're right about Isabella. I mean, if he can just get past the first layer, he has the speed to bounce outside, run up the middle. Um, but, again, it's confidence. It's, it's you know, not thinking and trying to do too much. It's, it's the little things. But, again, another big offseason for Andy Isabella. One last point on special teams and perhaps, you know, by – Next week, or maybe even before then, we'll have an answer on Dennis Gardak, Trent Shurfield, and Ezekiel Turner 
those three core special teams players, all restricted free agents, I don't see them going anywhere because of, one, how well they play on special teams, and two, the voice of Jeff Rogers. He's very high on those three players, and when you have special teams coordinator slash assistant head coach, you have a say in how the roster is constructed and how and what players you would like to return. But Gardeck, once he's healthy, you know what we what he can do on special teams. And in Sherfield and Turner, those guys are tackling machines, much like an Isaiah Simmons showed on special teams as far as the coverage units are concerned. But those three players, they can make their livings, and they have one to get on the roster as undrafted rookie free agents and then staying in the league because they provide a valuable tool and a resource and playing on special teams on Sundays. And if you're drafted, there's three different tenders. There's a first-round tender, a second round, and then depending on where you're drafted. For these guys, they're not going to likely get a high tender because they're all undrafted. So, I mean, um, another team could come after them, but that's highly unlikely. Um, but so I do think, unless the Cardinals want to move on from one of the three, which doesn't equal to me, even if Gardeck returns in November, He's still a guy that's going to play on special teams. We know Zeke Turner's the punt protector. Um, he did get a little a sniff of, of defense. And then you look at Trent Sherfield. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that dresses on game day, and he's probably the fifth or sixth receiver. Um, so, you know, unfortunately for those guys, uh, they've cut their teeth playing on special teams. But if they were drafted, they would get a higher tender, and they would be a lot more happier just based on what they've earned up until this point. And Gardak showed what he could do defensively. And Sherfield occasionally we see as a wide receiver, it's Ezekiel Turner who is having a hard time getting on the field as a defender. He certainly is anxious for that role. And it's just maybe he's another guy as far as inside linebacker, much like a Tanner Vallejo. If you need it, they're there. They certainly have the smarts. They're just not as athletic as an Isaiah Simmons is. Yeah, and, he, and I don't know if I'm bullish, but I'm I'm curious about Evan Weaver. I mean, I he can he his role, Craig, moving forward could just be strictly on special teams. We know that you know he's a tackling machine. He kind of plays the echo of the whistle. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a young Pat Tillman, just you know, um, where he's the Pac-12 uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He was basically you know didn't play last year, but. I kind of like the guy. I know he's undersized, but, you know, sometimes, you know, you find a role for him. But I, I think he eventually could be that special teams guy that, you know, we're talking about in two or three years as when we mentioned Sherfield and Turner and Dennis Garda. Bottom line is never sleep on special teams. And that's something that needs to be said more often. We all focus on offense and defense. And, oh, by the way, this went wrong on special teams, but we don't we don't highlight the positive and a lot has gone right for the Cardinals on special teams. And it is now all of a sudden a huge question mark this off season, what they do going forward at the two most important positions, kicker and punter. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the block punt, right. In the Philly yes. game. And then you, you throw in what uh, the uh, read uh, the option to no, two block punts. Don't forget about week one against San Francisco as well. Yeah, Right. I'm just saying, I, I just remember that Philly game that because that game was a little bit closer than we thought, even though Jalen Hurts, you know, wasn't he was running. They couldn't stop the run, basically. And they give up 
a big play. But and then also the the Andy Lee throw to Zeke Turner. Th- those are big moments where that's when you talk about special teams. That's what we should talk about, not miss field goals. And how about uh, Kylie Fitz also Fitz. with the uh, kick on the uh, Giants returner to knock that ball off? That's another the one in, that uh, in we need to talk kick. about. <laughs> yeah, the unintentional intentional kick by uh, Kylie Pitts. Hey, is this wrong Kylie place, Pitts, wrong time? Me. But in his case, <laughs> right place, right time. All right, Bird Gang, that's going to wrap up our position by position breakdown. We've covered all positions here ahead of free agency. Now, you know, we've done our part. Now, I guess, MJ, we sit and wait and see whether the Cardinals listen to us or feel like uh, we don't know what we're talking about and uh, do something else. All right, so my prediction is, um, you know, possibly alignment, uh, interior, maybe in particular center. And then I got to think a receiver, and, and I wouldn't rule out corner, just kind of – and a lot's going to hinge on if Patrick Peterson decides to go elsewhere, I think they want to retain him, but it's got to be the right price. So I, I do think there's – again, uh, what they don't do in the dra- uh, free agency, they could do in the draft, but I, I think center's a focal just based on Sean Cooler's comments and competition, and we know what they have in-house. They want to add there. Uh, a couple options there, and then possibly, uh, you know, running back. I, I'm not surprised about Mark Ingram. I think that's going to be the deal. I, I know the Cardinals would like to draft the running back. Um, I guess it doesn't hurt to bring in a veteran guy. Uh, I think they like Jonathan Ward. We'll see about Eno and DJ Foster. But I think there's three positions we could see them address uh, in free agency, and then wait for you know guys to get desperate and get some one-year deals. Yeah, Ingram joining the Houston Texans on a reported one-year, $3 million contract. And that that certainly sounds reasonable uh, for a veteran. And we talked about the Cardinals adding a veteran running back at a very low number, but someone that still is productive, especially running between the tackles on short yardage. It's the David Johnson, Mark Ingram show. David Johnson took a pay cut. Um, Craig, that's a minimum deal, all based on him being active on game day, um, getting 500 yards, you know, average per carry. So, again, when you read it, he can make up the $3 million, but it's basically a one-year minimum deal based on him being active on game day. And that's going to be a lot of guys. Excuse me, MJ. Just going to say a, a lot of news expected to happen between now and next week, and then over the next several weeks and months to come as the new league year again, Wednesday, March 17th. And make sure you are up to date on everything. AZCardinals.com is the place to be, and you can get all the information in the palm of your hand. You have to update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app. And by doing that, You can get all of the information in the palm of your hand. This update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. For more information, go to azcardinals.com slash app for more. And on that note, we will put a lid on this Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time on Cardinals Cover 2.